you know, let's say this word. I want to think about what comes to your mind. The word family. Family. You know, in the Bible, one of the beautiful depictions of the church is that of a, of a family or a, a household. Sometimes you'll hear it called a flock. It's a, it's a group that belongs together. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, You may know how one ought to be, behave in the household of God, or the family of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Or 1 Peter 2.5, the first part of that verse says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built together, built up as a spiritual house or a spiritual family, a family the church, we are a spiritual house. We're a, f- a family of faith, a household in the family of God. And through Christ, we have become a part of not just a family, but a spiritual family. We are brothers and sisters, in a sense, in Christ. I grew up in church. I'm old enough when you go to church and everybody called each other brother so-and-so, brother and sister so-and-so. Brother John, I was known brother, and I like it. Sometimes some of you guys will still call me Brother John, because um, that's that's a reality because of who we are in Christ. We are family. We've been united together as brothers and sisters in in Christ. But even more specifically, those whom God has brought together into this local body, this local church, we are we are a gathering, not just a First Baptist. Uh, members, but we are a we are a unique family. We are a family, a spiritual family that shares a unique love for one another, fueled by the the love of God that has been poured out through His Son Jesus Christ. I think one of the the beautiful things about our church is is the the unified nature of multi generations coming together. As your pastor, I mean, I, I love that we we worship. We worship together. We're, we're not divided out into different kinds of different types of worship. We gather together. We all kind of give and take a little bit. You know, in our church, there are, I mentioned it last week, we have six generations represented in our church. Now, there are seven generations living today. But we, even as a church, we don't have the oldest generation, but we have we have the next, the next six. We have... Uh, we have the silent generation, the baby boomers. We have Gen X, which is where I am. We have millennials. We have Gen Z. And then the youngest generation is Gen Alpha. They took a lot of time figuring up names. You can look up Gen Alpha, and it's like, we don't quite know what this generation is. We're going to figure that out in the next couple of years. But as a, as a church family, we are, we are also we have, we're multi-generations. And we're, we're a people where really the, the older generations, we, we really have a responsibility and a privilege of pouring into the younger generations as we long to see them come to know Christ, flourish, and grow in Christ. There are churches today where there's, you just have a couple of the older generations. There are churches like that, and they miss out on the, the joy of having those younger generations. There are churches today that really f- they focus upon the younger generations. You go in there and they're full of young people, which is great, but you don't see those older generations. I think we have a unique and a, a, a incredible opportunity with this unified multi-generations of, a, of family. And our, our aim is, and our, 
not just our privilege, but again, our responsibility is to pour Christ into the next generation. Psalm 78, 4 says, we will not hide them from their children. Now, what is the them? We're not going to hide what from the children? Well, he says it. But we will tell this coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and his wonders that he's done. We are building legacy together. We want to show the coming generations the glorious deeds, the wonders, and the, the character of the Lord. And, and every one of us, every one of you, every one of you, have a role to play in making much of Jesus so that we might together build a spiritual legacy that impacts future generations and their eternity for the glory of God. Now, before I want to get into the very specifics of our, of our vision this morning, I do want to address some key, I think, challenges that really the, the church universal faces, church here in America, and even the, the, our church, our specific church, and the challenges that we face in pouring the gospel into the younger generations, or like that scripture says, making known the, the glorious deeds and wonders of who God is. You know, as a, as a church, our, we have two main gatherings. We have two main gatherings. On, one on Sunday, starting at 9 to 30, and then at, on Wednesday, Wednesday evenings. Now, regarding our kids, we have the privilege of teaching them and pointing them to Jesus for two and a half hours. We gather at 9.30. We have our children's life groups and our kids' ministry, and then from there they go into our kids' uh, worship time. For two, we have two and a half hours with our kids. If you bring them back on Wednesday, we have an hour with them on, on Wednesday. So that's three and a half hours of the week. Now, if our kids came to every Sunday and every Wednesday gathering throughout this year, throughout 2024, we would have them as a church for 182 hours. You know, I, I kind of like statistics. It's kind of fun. 182 hours. But the truth is, kids get sick, there's activities, there's things. I mean, reality is we get your kids about half of that time. So about 90, somewhere 90 to 100 hours, 91 would be half of that. So 91 hours. You know what that equals out to? 11 and 11 and, oh, a half, about 11, less than 11 and a half school days with your kids. That's what we as a church have. Or three, if they all, like, had, we had a slumber party, and they, we had a sleepover at Ryan's house. It'd be uh, <laughs> three and a half, about three and a, three quarters a day. They'd just come and hang out with you guys. That's about what we have as a church. That's it. That's it. We do have VBS. We have kids camp. We have all kinds of um, other uh, kids activities. So, but really, on the, those main times, that's what we have. Now, as a staff and as leaders, we understand this challenge. It, it's, it's huge. And so what that means is that, that three and a half hours has got to be, the, we want it to be the cream of the crop. We are constantly raising the bar. We want that time to be, to be rich and as transformative as it can be. Now, a second challenge that we face is this, really, it's a growing divide between the church and the home. This has been going on for decades now, uh, and, and it's just, it's getting, it's getting bigger. It's getting wider. That chasm is growing. We come to church. We, we send our students to their building 
and then we come in, we check in our kids, and they go to their building, then we go do our thing in our building, and we, we, don't, we don't even mix again until we gather at the car, we gather up the stack of papers that we send home, right, and wherever those things end up, right, they either in the bottom of the car, or we used to have a stack at the house, you know, and it just eventually, like, all right, let's, uh, well, I won't say what we did with it. <laughs> we studied it. <clears throat> but then Monday comes, we've checked off Sunday. We've checked that box. And then Monday comes, and it's a full week. It's full of of classes and student activities and homework and, 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 and um, uh, sports, cheerleading practice, and on and on until you get to the weekend. And if there's not activities going on on the weekend, then we get to do our Sunday thing again. And there's really little, if any, connection or continuity, continuity between what we're trying to instill and pour into our kids on Sunday morning to what you as parents and grandparents are doing with your kids throughout the, the week. That divide is, is there. Now what we want to do, we want to take church and home and we want to see those things try to come together, begin to, to blend together like in this, in this graphic. Instead of them being so separated, we want to do some things as a church and with our ministries to bridge that, bridge that gap. We want it to grow smaller. We want to help bring faith into the living fabric of your home. So with new resources and guidance and encouragement, we believe that what we do at church and at home can, can really come together in, in significant ways, leading to increased both fruitfulness and faithfulness in your kids and really in all of our lives together. A third challenge, and I mentioned this, uh, I mentioned this earlier, as a church, we, I think we don't always see ourselves as family. Now, I opened up, I asked, I, I said, hey, what comes to your mind when you think of family? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, if you're like me, what comes to my mind is my family, my my nuclear family. I have my three kids and my wife, and I think of, of them, right? I, I, uh, yesterday was my nephew's uh, birthday, and so we reached out to him, and my mom lives in Lake Jack. So that's kind of, that's what I think of family. That's, that's my first thought, and that's right. You have, you have family, and that's important. It's a gift from the Lord. But really, together, we are a family, and we are a spiritual family. When you walk in these doors, together right now, you're sitting among family members. And if we don't hold on to this sense of family, we're going to be prone to believe that our kids and students are really the responsibility of their parents and maybe those who work in our kids' ministry or our youth ministry. It's, it's their issue. They're, they're doing those things. It's not us. But friends, we're family. We are family. Maybe you've heard people say something like this. I've, I've already served my time. I did it when I, was, when I had kids. Or kids, they're just not my thing. They're just not my thing. Or I'm not really good with students. Now think about this. As parents or as grandparents, you wouldn't think about saying those things about the kids in your own family. You wouldn't think about it. 
Now, you have a different role as grandparents. You get to bring them into your home and spoil them. And when you get tired, what do you do? You send them home. Send them back, right? And that's it. So our roles change. We're not, we're not saying that everyone here has to be serving in our children's ministry or our student ministry. That's not what we're saying. But because God has brought you here, and because, because the generator, you matter, and you have a role to play in, in every heart, in, in our students, in our kids, their parents, you have a role. You can make a difference. We are family. Say that with me. We are family. Doesn't mean, again, we're, that we're called to, to, to give our lives to, to our kids' ministry. No. But you have an invested interest in, in our, our family's kids. They are our kids, our students. And you have a role to play. So whether you're 19, whether you're 39, whether you're 59, whether you're 79, and I know there's not anybody here, but if, you're even, if you get to 99, you still have a role. You are to be engaged as a family member of this church into the lives of the younger generations. They need you. They need you. We need each other. And even more importantly, our kids, and they, they need your wisdom in their lives. They need you as a part of their lives. They need your encouragement. They need your prayers. They need your support. Parents need your counsel and example, your, your wisdom, your experience, your heart. Our kids and students, they need the Jesus that lives in you to impact their lives. Let me say that again. Our kids and our students, our, as a family, our kids, you guys, students, they need the Jesus in you to pour into their lives. God has called and he brought you here to do such a task. One last challenge I want to mention is the, I think the lack of equipping that we, that we give parents, grandparents. Uh, I, I love it. it was, I think it was a year or so ago uh, Millie, I don't see her here this morning, but uh, she came to me. She's like, man, I really have a heart as a grandparent. Um, and I love just pouring into my, to my kids. And she handed me this book. It was like grandparent. It's called Grandparenting. And I opened it up. I'm, I read it. And it's like, it's really about being intentional as a grandparent into the lives of, of your kids. Taking, the, you know, my, uh, my mom and dad had my kids listen to them in a different way than they listen to me. They come back, you know, after being with them, they're like, Dad, I think about, I'm, I think I want to do this. I'm like, hadn't I been telling you that for the past, uh, anybody, you know what I'm talking about? But as grandparents, you can leverage that relationship and to, to pour into their lives. And we, we had a, a class about grandparenting. It is, and every person, and it's just so true, whether you're a grandparent, great-grandparent, you have a role, not just in your kids, grandkids and great grandkids but in our kids and students you know so coming back to this equipping so we equipped our grandparents in that class but we've got to continue to do um, a much better job of equipping people 
in here in our church. You know, we do sprinkle in a parenting class here and there. We, we preach on it maybe once a year, once every other year. We do, we have, we'll be preaching on it here in a new series called Family Matters uh, starting next week. We'll touch on marriage and uh, touch on parenting. And is it just for married couples and parents? Again, because we're a family, this is for, these are topics for all of us. But sometimes parents, I think, in the church are left to fend for themselves and even uh, really hang on for dear life at times. Because we're a spiritual family, parents shouldn't feel alone. You shouldn't feel alone. Of course, parents are the primary disciple makers of their children, but we as a church, we as a family want to stand alongside you. We want to partner with you. We need to be laser focused as a church on equipping and supporting parents and grandparents and all of us in our God-given role as your pastor and as, as your staff. We are, we are not okay. We are not okay with the status quo. It is a burden on our hearts that's shaping this vision. We are, we are not okay with these challenges going unaddressed. We want to address them. Our vision is to be a unified church, valuing every generation and in engaging in intergenerational ministry for the spiritual growth of the next generation. I'll give anybody a steak dinner if they could repeat that. Let me break it down. I know there's a lot there. But we, our vision is to be a unified church, a unified one church, valuing every generation, six generations. We want to pour into every generation. No matter if you're the oldest generation or the youngest, every generation matters, and God has brought you here. We'll continue to have focus upon our, our senior adults. We have a meal this Wednesday at 11. I'll be doing a little hymn sing. I invite you to come, 1030, right in here, and then we'll go and join a meal together. We're going to keep pouring into every generation. But we value, we will value every generation and second, we're going to engage in intergenerational ministry. When I say intergenerational ministry, it's, it means crossing generations. Like you, you saw it up here on the platform this morning. You have young, you have our, some of our students helping to, to lead us all the way up to our, our bass player. <laughs> Doug, I mean, hey, brother, I'm up there with you. I mean, I'm in there. And it's, it's awesome. I love that. I mean, I love that up here. We, have, we probably have three or four generations up here on the platform leading us. You'll sometimes see it in our, in our, uh, in our uh, media booth. You'll see some of our youth back there helping us out back there. You'll, uh, this morning or in the early, uh, before the early service, one of, our, one of our kids was out there with one of those little pop signs welcoming people along with all of our other Adults who are there greeting. I love those kind of things. We have some of our uh, college students serving uh, fairly regularly in our kids' ministry. I mean, we do it together, multi-generational, intergenerational, doing life and ministry together, valuing every generation, engaging in intergenerational ministry for the spiritual growth of the next generation. This is about building legacy. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to pour into the next 
generation. It's what we do as a, it's what I do as a parent. You know, my kid, Bethany, just graduated, left the house. It doesn't mean my job's done. I continue. We continue to talk with them and encourage them. We pray for them and spur them on. We want to see them flourishing. That's us too. We want to pour into this next generation. I want to highlight a passage. It comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 11. Now Moses wrote Deuteronomy. He's, he had, uh, remember he was in Egypt. They were in bondage and let my people go. And then he gathered them all up. They, they went, crossed the Red Sea and went out into the desert and they were making their way to the land that God had promised them, the promised land. And they get to the, get right there, ready to go in. They send some spies in and the spies freak out. They see all these big people and like, oh my, they get scared. Like, we can't do this. Even though God had told them, I'm going to give you this land. They're basically saying, God, we don't believe you. We don't trust you. You're lying to us. You're going to send us in there and we're going to be annihilated. And God judged them for their unfaithfulness and for their lack of trust. And so for the next 40 years, what did they do? They roamed around in the desert until that generation died off. And Moses leads them back. And now they're, they're in a country called Moab, and they're just, which is just across from the promised land. They're getting ready to go in. And he gathers them all together. Who knows, hundreds of thousands, maybe a million of them. He gathers them together. I don't know how he did it, but he's speaking to them. And he's, he's calling them. And this is in Deuteronomy and then in 11, this is what he called, their main thing he calls them to do. One, he wants them to love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says this, starting in verse 18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine, this is God speaking, all that God had given them, Ten Commandments and all of the law. Lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. You will bind them as a sign on your hand, and you will have them on frontlets between your eyes. I want the Word of God right there. I want it that's the center part of your life. Verse 19 says, You shall teach them to your children talking of them when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You'll write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. But for every day of your life, this is what you're to do. You are to Bring the word of God and implant it into the minds and hearts and souls of the next generation. Then verse 19. Did you catch that? He says, you shall teach them to your children. Now what's not in this passage is Moses doesn't stop and say, all right, great, Israel, thanks. Everyone can be, be dismissed except for the parents. I have a word for the parents, okay? All right, now I've just heard, all right, parents, gather in here. I want you to teach these to your children. That's not in there. Moses has gathered all the people, the people, the family of Israel. He's gathered them together, and he said, all of y'all, you, old, young, all these generations. Now, they lived a long time back then. They had who knows how many generations. All of you, all you generations, are to teach these things to your children. Do you, do you catch that? You catch what I'm saying here? This is not a parent ministry. 
This vision that Moses is bringing out, that God is calling the people of Israel to accomplish, is something that they all do. They see the next generation. They see their kids and students. They are to pour God's word into them. And this same passage is for you and me and and for us together as a church. We, God looks at us as a family and says, you are to impress the word of God into the lives of the next generation. This is the vision. Our vision is to be a unified church, valuing every generation, every generation, and engaging together in intergenerational ministry for the spiritual growth of the next generation. That's what Deuteronomy 11 calls us to do as a church. And Moses, think about this, he knew that they had a lot of work to do. They were about to go across into enemy territory. They had cities to conquer. They had enemies that would come against them. They were going to have their hands full. They were a nomadic people. They didn't have a home. They were, they would just, they'd pick up their tents, all their belongings. They would head out there, and they would set up tents and set up camp. I mean, imagine that you've got all your animals and your cooking meals. It was hard. He said, all right, in all of that, here's the main thing. I'm not even worried about that. God's going to take care of all that. But you, pour yourself, pour, pour Jesus us. He's saying, telling us, pour God's word, pour Jesus into the next generation. It is the main thing. This is our calling. It is the focus of our vision. It's why we're using this phrase, building legacy together. Building means that we're actively working, we're constructing, we're developing something of, of great value. I'm, I'm picturing when the people of Israel, they were in Babylonian captivity. And they, King Cyrus had given them permission to come and, and build the, rebuild the temple. And they start with the walls. What do they do? They're like, all right, everybody, all right, you go down there. You, you take care of that section. And then you guys, you take care of your family and clan. You take care of that section and this section. And they all work together and they finish the wall. This is what he's calling us to do, to build something of value. And we do it together. Legacy means that we're investing in the future. Together means that we're family. Building legacy together. As a church family, we want to actively commit ourselves to pouring Jesus and his word into the next generation to impact their lives, their families, and their eternities. All right, so let's get specific. Let's get specific. What does this look like? What does this vision look like? Well, first of all, we're going to be introducing some new curriculum some new curriculum to our kids, both our kids and our students. There's two, really, there's two key aspects when we think about curriculum and what we want for our kids. First, our curriculum has to be gospel-centered, gospel-driven. It has to be all about Jesus. We want to point them to Jesus, not just teach them the stories of the Bible, as good as that is, but we want to show them how those stories in the Bible fit together in this grand, beautiful, redemptive plan. God's love story of redeeming a people for himself. So David, the story of David and Goliath, it isn't just about a shepherd boy who brings down a, a giant. We're not just teaching our kids, hey, you too can be brave like David. No, it's, that story is way bigger than bravery. It's the story about Jesus. David is pointing to Jesus who will one day take down our enemy and take off his head and and win victoriously. 
The story of Jonah, it's not about the story of a man who gets swallowed by a big fish and three days later he's spit out alive. No, Jonah points to Jesus who was swallowed up by death. And you know what happened three days later? God raised him from the dead, just like Jonah. The story of Moses is not about some, some great guy that delivered the, peace of is, the, the people of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Moses is pointing us to Jesus. He's pointing us to Jesus, our great deliverer, the one who has released us from our spiritual bondage and brings us into the joy of eternal life. These are the stories of Scripture. In the fall, we're going to be introducing our kids to this curriculum called the, the Biggest Story Bible. I've got it right here. This is what we're going to be teaching, teaching our kids. We have a whole curriculum that goes with This is the Bible. This is a resource that we're going to encourage every parent to have and every grandparent to have in their home. Uh, we, we have one of these. My wife's already starting to incorporate some of this into her, in her teaching of our fourth and fifth graders. It is fantastic. Every, all these stories of the Bible, and it, 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 every story, it doesn't just teach you good things to, to, to be and do. It teaches us how those stories point to Jesus. It's all gospel-driven. It's a two-year curriculum, and we're going to bring it over and over our kids. We want them to see Jesus. When they open up the Scriptures, we want them to see and know Jesus because He changes everything. Again, it must be gospel-driven. It must also be easily transferable to the home. We want to bridge that gap between the church and home. Now, the, this biggest story Bible, it has that. It has videos that you can pull up free videos at, at home that, that will support the, the lessons that they learn. Well, it has other materials. It has, it has uh, podcasts, all kinds of things. And we want, we want to encourage our families to engage it at home. We're also, we've already begun implementing a new curriculum into a, our second hour in our kids' worship. It's, it's something called Orange. It's a very comprehensive uh, curriculum. And its strength is in resourcing parents weekly and monthly at home to build upon uh, the things that the kids are learning at church. It focuses upon relationships and teaching the truths of the Bible to kids so that they may live like Jesus in every stage or every phase of their life. Our students, our students are going to be jumping into a new series, comprehensive curriculum called The, the Thread beginning in the, in the fall. It's all about the grand story of the Bible. Now, you've also you've been hearing us, you heard it this morning, talk about a phase event. That's tonight. You're going to hear us talk a lot about, about phases regarding our kids and students. And what we mean when we say a phase, it's a specific time frame in a, in a kid's life when we really can leverage the distinctive opportunities that's unique with that stage of life. Some of you know I've, I've heard this stage, the terrible twos. I had three of them in that, in that stage. I don't remember, I don't think it was that terrible, but you know, they, it has, they have their moments, right? And then, then they go into a new stage. And all the way up, even 18-year-olds, you have a stage. I think I even still have stages today, a phase, these phases. Now, what we want to do, we want to equip you, we want to help you navigate through every phase of your, of your kids' or grandkids' life. Like one of the things that we're going to be doing that well, well, we have resources. Like this right here, this is, um, we have them from birth all the way through 18. We have books like these 
uh, that will be uh, made available. We're, we can't give these uh, out, but we're going to show you how, how you can get these. This one's Parenting Your Sixth Grader, A Guide to Making the Most of the Who Cares Phase. Sixth grade. That's kind of about what sixth grade is. Now, this is a whole book. It's got, you can write in it. It has all kinds of incredible information that'll help you understand your kid and be able to more focusedly uh, bring the gospel to bear in just daily conversations. So you'll, we'll have that. You have a, um, we have these cards. These are just simple, quick summary cards. We're going we're to have a, a place out in our, in our foyer. We're going to have these for every age from birth all the way through 18. And you can grab, people can grab these free tonight at our phase event. This is so important. In fact, our phase event is if you have a child, you have a grandchild, you have a, a cousin, you, you have some kid in your family or you teach in our kids ministry, youth ministry, or you belong to a, a church family that has kids, that means this is for everyone. But tonight, we're gonna talk about those phases. And depending on kind of where you fit, what you're, maybe, maybe you're like, well, I'm not teaching in anything. But the question is, well, uh, how old's your grandkid? How old are your grandkids? Oh, I've got a grandkid in sixth grade. Well, great. Then you go and check out the sixth grade. We're going to give you, actually, you're going to get this tonight. And that way you can learn to, to leverage uh, your time with your sixth grader um, and pour, in, pour into them in a very unique, unique, unique way. This is a resource that everyone's going to get tonight. So this is sixth grade. This, here's one for, um, this is kindergartner. So there's the, the, the one piece. There's the brochure. Parenting your kindergartner. A guide to making the most of the look at me phase. Yeah. You're probably like, man, I want to know what all the phases are. So phase event. Come tonight. We have resources. We already gonna, we're going to make them available uh, to you, and we're, we want to help you in this journey. Time does move quickly. It goes by quickly. I mean, you blink, and your baby is, is walking into, into class. Then you blink, they're going into high school, you blink, and then they graduate. I, I, I'm telling you that from experience. Those of you grandparents, parents, I mean, you, you know, it's fast. It is fast. It's fast. And we've got to take advantage of every phase, every moment. I want, you, I want you to see this next graphic. The weeks that we have. When your child is born, do you realize you have 936 weeks until they graduate? You think, well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's not a long time. When they enter kindergarten, you have 676 weeks until they graduate from elementary. When they move into middle school, you have 364 weeks until they graduate. And when they enter into ninth grade, you only have 208 weeks. Now, these are 208 precious weeks. Every, every opportunity God can use in, in huge ways. And again, we want to help you. We want to encourage you. We want to equip you in all of, all of that. Those four banners, if you notice on there, you, I don't know if you can quite see it. It says our favorite resources we hadn't quite figured this out, but somewhere in the foyer where there's going to be a wall or some display area, we want to have all these, we have all kinds of resources for you. Have free resources. Some of these, like these books, we'll have QR codes and you can scan them and, and get them for your particular area of ministry. Um, some of you, like tonight, if you have four kids, you're going to walk away with four resources tonight to, to help you. 
We're going to have some kind of wall out there and have like this, this book out there. We're going to show you all the best resources uh, for you to, to be, really to have a spiritual, really to leave a legacy in your kids. I want to show you what we're calling our, our timeline, our phase timeline. Now, there's way more on here than you can, you can get right now, but we'll show these things to you. You'll see this more and more. But you'll see that these are those, those four. You saw those four banners a while ago on the last slide. That's what each of those connections are. So you have early childhood, elementary, middle, and high school. That, that uh, line that's going through there, all of those, are the, and those dots are, the, are the, the, the specific phases that we'll give some focus to. Then there's some icons down at the bottom. I'll mention those in a minute. And then right above that line, you can see some, uh, some, some little um, icons or uh, graphics, parent-child. Here's what those things are. We call those milestone events, milestone events. These are specific times in a, in a kid's life that significant change or significant things happen. The first, as you see on the screen there, is parent-child dedication. And we've had that as a church. What we want to do is kind of expand that a little bit. We want to get with parents on that day and encourage them and give them some resources. And again, empower them and pray with them and say, hey, you, you got this. You'll see uh, uh, the following Jesus here at the end of the month. We're going to be having a, a class for some of our, some of our kids, our older elementary kids if you if you're interested in learning a little bit more about this class you can talk to to ryan or rachel or myself this is a class to kind of help a, a kid who's thinking about baptism and following christ help what does that all look like what does it mean we have a class to help help them in that and we want to actually even gather with the parents and help help you in that as well then you have right in the middle what we're calling moving up this this is normally our 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 uh, promotion Sunday. We do this in, in August, but we want to make this a little bit more significant, particularly in those three areas when your kid is moving up into kindergarten. That's a big time. When they move into sixth grade and then when they move into high school. Those are big, big changes, and we want to get, get together with you as parents and maybe even grandparents and talk about those, those key moments and, again, and equip you and encourage you into those particular milestone times. And then when they turn 16, that's a big deal. All of a sudden, they're driving a car. They've got independence. You know, their um, boyfriend, girlfriend start kind of creeping along. All that kind of stuff starts happening. What, is it, what does it look like? How do you, what is a rite of passage? They're moving from being your kid. Now they're moving into manhood and womanhood. And we want to make this a real significant time in the life of you and your kids. And then, of course, graduation. That's, that is a big big moment. These are milestone events that we want to, again, come under and help you to have a deeply meaningful spiritual impact upon your kids. That, those little icons that you saw on the bottom, those circles, these are really key moments in, in a kid's life. Again, in those four stages from early childhood, middle school, elementary, high school, and then you, to, to take you, remember that, that passage that we read about there in Deuteronomy 11, verse 19, look at it again. It says, you shall teach them to your children, talking of them when, you, when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. So from morning to night, like you, you have these moments. So you'll, you'll see it go back to that slide, you know, morning time, bedtime, meal time, 
drive time, when you're driving your kids to school and you're waiting in that line, those are opportune times. And we want to resource you. In fact, Orange is going to give you some very specific things to talk about and to engage during, during those specific times of the, of the day. We're going, again, we're going to equip you to take advantage, to, to use those. We as a church, we only have 11 and a half school days. As parents, as grandparents, you have a lot more than that. And so our role, we've got to equip you. We want to equip you. We want to help you. Parents and grandparents, you, you, you can make an, an incredible impact, spiritual impact upon impressionable hearts. We're going to show you easy ways to make this a part of your daily life and for them to almost just become habit, second nature. Again, we're going to have resources on our wall, on our area. You're going to have an app. You're going to have, we're already working on our website, a page that will have all kinds of various resources and information there, very avenues of equipping. So as we conclude, I want to I want to try and just paint a picture of what I think this vision can look like. I want you to just consider with me for a moment a, a, a young couple who maybe that they've moved to our area. Do, do you know what the number one reason why people move to our area is? Schools. That's exactly right. It's number one. It's number one on the list. Um, they, they want their kids to be safe. They want their kids to have a, a, a great learning environment. And so people are moving here, and if, if they're moving here and they have kids, who is it that's moving here? Yes, families, young families. We're, you've been down the road, there's like a couple thousand homes going in here soon, and you know who's going to move into those homes? Families, mainly families families, people with kids. And so we as a church have to get ready. So this is not just for us. This, I mean, this is about us equipping the next generation, but this is also a mission for us. The mission field is coming to us, and we need to get ready for it, to, to pour into to families who are coming here because they're thinking about their kids. So again, this couple comes into our church. They're moved, they've just moved into town. Maybe they've been here a month or so. They looked online, you know, best churches in Mont Bellevue. And our church was on the top of the list. So they decided to come and, and visit our, our, our church. And they walk in and they, they immediately, they see all these resources for parenting and kids. They're like, man, they, they're thinking about me. And then they walk in, and they're like, we, we come to them, and people are saying, hey, so glad you're here. Man, we are for you. And all of a sudden, they begin to, maybe they go to our, um, our step one class, and they leave there saying, you know what? I think God's leading us to become a part of this church. And we bring them in as a part of our family. And imagine how they would feel in their hearts if we told them that because they're not just joining a club or not just joining a group of people, but because they're joining a family, we are with them we are for them, and we're going to walk with them all through their lives. Maybe they have a, a, a little you know, three-month-old or a four-month-old, five-month-old young child. And we say, hey, we're going to, we're going to walk with you over these years until they, they leave the house. And if God, in his kindness, were to keep you here all those years, we're, we're committed. We're going, to, we're going to support you and encourage you and equip you. We're going to see your kids grow up to be 
fruitful and faithful and love Jesus with all of their heart by God's grace. How do you think they would feel? And what if we said that because we're a multi-generational family committed to intergenerational ministry, we would be praying for them all along the journey. We'd commit ourselves to seeing their, their next generation flourishing in Christ. Of course, we would be honest with them. We'd say, hey, our pastor, he's not perfect, but he's okay. <laughs> and I would tell them, well, hey, we have a great church, but we're, we're sinners too. And so it's not a perfect church. There'll be some bumps along the way, but we, we're going to do this together. We're in this thing together because we're family. We want to see Christ formed in your kids' lives. How do you think that couple would feel? How, would, how do you feel? If we say, hey, we are standing alongside you. We as a church are going we're, we're gonna, to like, join together in a fresh way as a family and give ourselves to pouring into the next generation. Every one of us, from our oldest generation down. We believe that if we can take hold of this vision as a church family and begin to see it work itself out through our lives into others, that generational transformation can and will take place. When you pour the word of God and we help equip parents and grandparents and all of us are in this together and we're pouring Jesus into those kids, he can't help but change their lives. And actually, it's this really is a simple plan of, of, we call it disciple making or discipleship, helping little ones become followers of Jesus. That's what discipleship means, to be a follower of Jesus. And we want to continue to pour into them and foster Jesus in them so that one day they will give their lives to Jesus and then they too become followers of Jesus. And then they grow into adults, faithful and fruitful, serving the Lord, and they begin pouring into the next generation. That's what building legacy together does. Building legacy together. By God's grace, by his power, friends, let's build legacy together. Every one of us has a part to play. Every one of you, every one of you has a part to play. This brings me to our spiritual habit of the week. We've been, first three Sundays, spiritual habits, we're going to be doing that every Sunday. Listen to this one. This is what I want to encourage you to do. I will embrace my God-given role of building up the next generation by praying for or tangibly serving two young families every week. You're like, now, whoa, that's a, that's a lot, Pastor. Now, it really isn't. It really isn't. You notice the or in there. Again, I'm not asking you to go and serve in our children's ministry. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you just to, to make a connection with a, with a younger generation. And you can do it by, by praying. I mean, we had multiple generations up here. Our singers, you had students. The Reeves, they have, this, they have, they have, they have th you know, three kids. Just to pray for them. One's about to graduate. And doesn't it pray for, pray for them? Dana has a couple of kids. My kids are grown, but I mean, you pray. we can pray for one another. And that's huge. I mean, right here in the room, as you look around, you can just, you'll see there's some kids right here. And you just, in your mind, you don't even have to, you don't have to make a big deal of it. You just pray. Oh, God, man, bless them. 
Encourage them this week in Christ. That's, that's it. As you walk out the door, you'll see some families. Just pray. I say just pray. We believe in prayer. Pray and watch what God can do. Pray. Maybe introduce yourself to a family in the church that you don't know very well. Learn something new about them. Share something about yourself with them. Tell them, man, I'm glad you're here. And we're a family. Just say that. And that's encouraging. And we need to be reminded that we are a family. Ask young family how you can specifically pray for them. They'll probably give you a list, right? <laughs> They'll probably give you a list. If you're interested, talk with Rachel or Ryan about how you can, can serve or, or help or come alongside them in, in their ministry. And there's tons of ways, even without being a, a teacher. But it, maybe God's calling you to, to volunteer in our kids' area, student area. One thing you can do, you can get, it, you can get, it, you can get this one all checked off by simply coming to the phase event tonight. The phase event is for every one of you. I want to encourage you to be there tonight. Let's build a legacy together as a family. And let's watch what God can do. It's a big vision. I think God can do some incredible things to it. We got to do it together. Got to do it together. We're all in. God's brought you here for this purpose, for such a time as this. Yeah, we're, we want to encourage you. We want to pour God's word into you wherever you are and to your moments, your, your situations, circumstances of life. We want to be an encouragement to you. But we also, at the same time, we want to, we want to pour into the next generation for the glory of God, to leave and build something that's well beyond us, something that will last not just for the days ahead, but will last really, as I've said, into eternity. Let's do it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have called us, not just as parents, not just as grandparents, family. You have called us as a church, as a family, a household of faith, to make much of Jesus, to, to speak about Jesus, to tell the next generation of the wonders and the goodness and the greatness of our God. Help us to do that. Help us to take hold of it. God, help us to rearrange our thinking about what a family is. God, thank you for our our home families, God, it is a gift. But God, this is a special gift too. You have brought us together as a church, a family of faith. Again, not just for ourselves, but for the next generation. For years to, years to come, when I'm long gone, when I'm in heaven rejoicing, but God, you're still working uh, upon hearts and in generations upon kids and students because of what, how we've labored here. God, we thank you for the, the many who have already gone before us here at First Baptist. Many pastors and leaders and staff and teachers, members who have given of themselves and made significant sacrifices that we can even be here today to talk about carrying on legacy. God, help us as a church to equip our parents and grandparents well. Help us as a church to stand alongside them and to support them and to, and to hold their arms up during those very difficult times and trials, to celebrate with them and to cry with them. Help us to be the family. And God, use us to, 
to build legacy together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.